Hello, this is Pastor Corey Ehrman. You're listening to my podcast. I hope it blesses, encourages, and inspires you. I pray that the Holy Spirit will touch you through this teaching. Thank you for tuning in, and God bless. Go with me. I'm going to continue the subject of faith, overcoming faith. And um, if you would go with me to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, because people often ask, well, what is faith? Well, let God, God's word define what faith is. Faith is a substance. The Bible says, now faith. Now, that's important. Don't forget that it starts with that word now, because faith is always in the now. Turn to your neighbor and say, faith is always in the now. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The Amplified Classic says, now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed. I like that one. Somebody say, the title deed. Of the things we hope for, being the proof of the things we do not see, and the conviction, conviction of their reality, faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Ooh, that's a good one right there, because I want to speak to you this morning about two kinds of faith. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, there are two kinds of faith. Okay. One is what we would call sense faith, which is really not bible faith it's living in the senses okay and the other one is heart faith okay so one we can say that one type of faith is in the head like it's in your mind the other one is in your heart now the bible faith is faith that is of the heart okay so it's not about having mental assent it's not about having information here it's not about believing certain ideas or theories or theologies up here it's about having the word of god that is settled in your heart it's revealed in your heart it's literally burning in your heart it's literally just exploded in your heart you know that you you know that you know basically down in here and that's really the kind of faith that we need to have so in this case really we need a head bypass okay because you can see now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of things we hope for. Being the proof of the things we do not see. So you see, you can't walk by sight. You have to walk by faith. So senses, see the five senses, the natural senses, right? Sight is one of them. So people are like, well, they say seeing is believing. I'll believe it when I see it. Well, then that's not Bible faith, Okay. Because it actually works the other way around. You believe in order to see. See, people want to see in order to believe. But you got to believe in order to see. Blessed are those who have not seen but yet believe. So you got to bypass the senses. It's not about sense knowledge, sight, smell, taste, you know, touch, hearing, right? So these are the five senses through which our physical body gathers information from the physical realm. You touch things, it's smooth, it's sharp, it's cold, it's hot. You smell things, you see things, it's red, it's blue, it's whatever, white. So your brain gathers this information, and of course, if it's functioning properly, because sometimes it's not, and then you're able to make certain deductions and 
reach certain conclusions. I mean, if, if you realize something is hot, you're probably not going to, burning hot, you're probably not going to want to just put your hand on it. Right? So, but if you lost that sense, you can burn yourself. So you can't really trust your senses. I mean, some people are colorblind. They can't really see colors. You know, some people, they don't have good hearing. Some people, they don't have good smell, good taste. You know, I have a very strong sense of smell. My wife, too, she says, I have a, a, a dog nose. She can smell things and people can't smell. So, some, so you can't necessarily trust your senses. It's good to have your senses functioning properly so you can actually make proper, you know, deductions and, and, and proper decisions based on the natural but you can't rely on the natural you can't live by sense knowledge you can't live by sense faith right it's the proof of things we don't see so it has nothing to do with sight and the conviction of the reality conviction is something that's in your heart in your spirit man faith perceiving as real fact so there's a difference between sight and perception perception is in your heart sight is what you see and it's perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses so it's not about sense knowledge it has nothing to do with the five physical senses gathering information to come up with certain conclusions you can't live your christian life based on the natural senses that sense faith which is really doubt and unbelief and we will look at that so let me uh, kind of highlight three different words here. Faith. It's a firm persuasion or conviction based upon hearing the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. So it's not based on hearing about circumstances, hearing about what this one said, what CNN said, what this Hollywood movie star said, and what this politician said, or what my neighbor said, or what Uncle Jack said, or what Cousin Joe said. It's based on hearing the Word of God. And the only way you hear the Word of God is you got to hear it with your heart because that Word has to get into your spirit, man. And when the Word of God gets into your spirit and then it becomes literally just illuminated in your spirit, your spirit is flooded with the light of revelation and it literally explodes on the inside of you and it's like you know that you know that you know. And it changes you. And no one can take that away from you because it becomes a part of you. The Word of God becomes alive in you okay the second word i want to highlight is substance now this word substance in the greek means a firm foundation or confidence now this is interesting because you know there's a christian cliche you might have heard it you might have even said it maybe you say it well god created the world out of nothing god created everything the universe out of nothing how many of you have heard that how many of you maybe even said that well as a matter of fact, in the early days of my ministry, I was preaching one day and I made this statement. I said, God created the world out of nothing. And it was like immediately the Holy Ghost arrested me in the middle of my message. And the Holy Ghost said to me, that's not true. I said, what do you mean? He said, you say that because you heard that. It's a cliche. It's a Christian cliche, but that's not true. He said, I didn't create the world out of nothing. He said, I created the world out of the substance of faith. And it hit me like, wow, in the middle of my message, I got revelation. Because there is a substance. You need substance, all right? To make this pulpit, you need a certain type of material. That's the substance that the raw material that's used to, you know, to make 
you need paper, trees, you know, there, there are substance, natural substances that you need to make things, to create things, okay? We build things, we create things. But God didn't start out with nothing. Now, there was nothing in the natural because the Bible tells us all the things that are seen come from the things that are unseen. So there are, there are things that are unseen because the Bible says there are things that are unseen that has created the things that are seen. So there is a spiritual substance called faith that created everything that we see in the natural. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. So faith, by the substance of faith, which is an unseen spiritual substance, God created everything that we see that is seen. So that's why you can't rely on the senses. You can't live by sense knowledge. Because sense knowledge allows you, your physical body, to come in contact and have a relationship and have an interaction with the natural realm, the physical realm. But God is not natural and God's not physical. God is a spirit and God is a supernatural being that existed from eternity to past and will continue to exist into eternity to the future. He has no beginning. He has no end. Time has a beginning. Time has an end. This natural has a beginning. This natural has an end. And your natural body has a beginning and your natural body, body has an end. So you can't rely on temporary things Amen. And you can't use temporary things to get in contact with eternal, permanent things. You cannot have contact with God through your physical being or through your intellect or through your emotions because God is a spirit. God is not a physical body and God is not just an emotion. He does have emotions. He does have feelings. He does have an intellect, but he's not just an intellect. And the same thing with you. You're not just a physical body. And you're not just an emotion, and you're not just an intellect, and you're not just a mind. You are a spirit. When you are born again, your spirit is born again. You are a spirit. The real you is a spirit man. You are a spirit. You have a soul. You are not a soul. You have a soul, which is your will, your mind, and your emotions. And you live in a physical body. So the physical body... Literally is just a vehicle, a vessel, a container that carries the real you. So what we see on the outside of you is not the real you. is not the eternal you. It's the temporary you. It's the temporary you. When you next time you look in the mirror, just realize that's just the temporary shell. That's not the real me. The real me is going to get a new body. One day very soon the trumpet will sound. There will be the shout of the archangel. A command will be given. Come up hither. And all the saints will be transformed, the Bible says, in the blink of an eye. And mortal mortality will put on immortality. Corruptible will put on in incorruptible. And we will be changed, the Bible says, in the blink of an eye. And instead of having earthly tabernacles, we will receive celestial heavenly tabernacles. Buildings. So this body is a building. Or a tent. Why? Because it's portable. It moves. But what's on the inside is the real you. 
You have this treasure in an earthen vessel. So don't just judge your life by the earthen vessel. You have to live your life by what's on the inside, the treasure, the spirit. There is substance there. And faith is a substance that's going to begin to create things. They're going to begin to manifest things in your life. And the third word that I want to emphasize here is hope. Now hope is not faith. There is a difference between hope and there's a difference between faith. I will explain. And it's important to understand because many people make statements such as, I'm hoping and praying. I'm hoping and praying that someday, somehow, I will be healed. I'm hoping that God will heal me. I'm hoping that one day I'll be blessed. But when is that one day? When will that healing manifest? Because hope is always in the future. Faith is in the now. See, faith receives now what is hoped for in the future. So faith really is a way of stepping out of time because hope is limited by time. If you're always hoping, 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 you're always trapped in time. You're trapped in a timeline. You're trapped in the natural because time is natural. Faith steps out of time, steps out of the realm of the natural, and is not limited by time. Faith is not trapped in time. Faith operates outside of time. Now. Brings it into, that, into now. Into, so what hoping and praying isn't going to get you healed. Believing and receiving is what's going to cause. It's not that you will be healed. You already were healed. You already were healed on the cross. By his stripes, you were healed. 2,000 years ago, every single person in this room, every single person under the sound of my voice was healed. But now that healing needs to manifest in your body, in your physical body. If you're hoping and praying and it's just something you're, I hope it happens in the future. Someday soon. I hope it's soon though. But when? When will it happen? Faith brings it into now. Faith causes it to manifest now. It belongs to me and I am claiming it and I am calling it to manifest in my physical body now in the name of Jesus. By his stripes I was healed and I am now healed from the top of my head down to the soles of my feet. So I am healed. Now. That's the difference between faith and hope because hope is a pleasurable, positive joyful anticipation or expectation so you are expecting you are anticipating that's why we always talk about expectation come with expectation come with expectation what does that mean coming with you coming with hope every service you come to you need to be hoping because see i mean as you're leaving your house the the service hasn't happened yet but you're coming to a service here at the river Eventually, you're going to step in the doors and the service is going to begin. And there's going to be preaching and teaching of the word and the move of the Holy Ghost. So there's going to be an opportunity for a manifestation. So that's why you need to come with hope. Man, I'm coming with expectation. I'm hoping for the best today. And I'm going to receive in that service. 
that which God has for me because there are certain things that are going to manifest in the Kairos moment of time in the fullness of time when the day of Pentecost was fully come there's going to be certain things that are going to manifest in God's timing and you need to be expecting but at some point you need to use your faith as a point of contact for that to actually manifest and come to pass at this moment at in this time but you got to start out with anticipation and hope because if you're not even hoping you haven't even started to move in the direction of faith yet so have this hope a joyful expectation what does that mean you see the promises in the word of god amen and those do what bring hope to your life in the moment of darkness in your moment of despair in your moment of difficulty and challenges and adversity you see the promises in the word of god which are always good every promise is for good all things work together for the good of those who love him who call according to his purpose god is a good god amen and so surely you will see the goodness of the lord in the land of the living so you know that a good god is about to do good things in your life because he has promised it now that you've grabbed the hold of, hold of the promises you are hoping hope is stirred in you many people are hopeless in the world they have nothing to look forward to everything is dark doomy gloomy negative in their future they're stuck in that place of despair and hopelessness but i tell you what when you come to the word of god hope is restored hope begins to arise on the inside of you you begin to believe again you begin to dream again you begin to expect again for good things to happen and hope is a foundation and now that you have hope as a foundation you can build on it by faith now the difference between hope and faith is hope is that expectation hope is that believing but faith is the actual manifestation and faith requires always and always action faith without action is dead if there is no faith if there's no action there's no faith you just living in the realm of hope but hope has to turn into faith hope has to turn into faith so what are the steps what are the steps that takes you from a place of hope into a place of faith where you actually see manifestation step one you got to have God's word for what you desire to receive from God that means you got a word if either you have a scripture or you have a specific word that God has spoken to you personally you have a word from God the moment you have a word from God faith begins where the will of God is known once you have a word from God that word is going to always stir hope in you because it's always going to be what I know the plans I have for you they are plans to give you a hope and a future see hope and a future hope is in the future so the the plan that God speaks to you reveals to you from the word from his scriptures or directly to your to, to your person that individual word that comes to you is going to be a word that's going to bring you a hope and a future i know the plans that i have for you they are plans to give you a hope and a future they are not plans to harm you no scripture is there to harm you no scripture is there to destroy you because jesus said the thief comes to steal kill and destroy but i have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly so every promise in the word of god and every word that god's going to speak to you is always going to be a word that's going to prosper you not harm you they are plans to prosper you come on say god's plans are there to prosper me you must believe that see when you have the word now hope a positive future 
a good future a future of prosperity success is laid out before you now you see it see it's just like God took Abraham up to a high place and said look out as far as you see you see all of that all of that you see I will give it to you see that was something in the, in the future it didn't manifest at the moment but what he saw created a hopeful future that his descendants his seeds would inherit all that land that he saw it was a promise in the future he didn't see the the full fulfillment of it and like just like the bible tells us prophets of all prophesied about things to come they saw them from afar they didn't see the fulfillment of them but we today get to see the fulfillment of certain things because there's a there's an appointed time for certain things to manifest in God's timing amen so we are the final generation that's gonna we're gonna see the fulfillment fulfillment of the end of the age some of us in this room some of us watching on the broadcast are those that Jesus talked about who will not taste death. Because the dead in Christ shall rise first, but then those who are alive shall be changed in the blink of an eye. So some of us, I believe, in this room are those that are going to be changed in the blink of an eye. See, they only prophesied that, and that gives us hope. That's what the Bible calls us our blessed hope. It hasn't been fulfilled yet. The rapture hasn't happened yet. But we are hopeful. That's why in the middle of this dark world, in the middle of this wickedness, this wicked generation, we have hope. Why? Because we have a blessed hope. We have a promise. Amen. Hasn't been fulfilled yet. But by faith, we're going to see the fulfillment of it. And that's why Jesus said, when I come back, will I find faith on the earth? So when the rapture takes place, you better be in faith. Because another thing that's under attack is that there is no rapture. That's being propagated now even. People are preaching on it. They're really hammering down on that. And, and guess what? It's designed, to, it's designed to rob people, number one, of their hope. And it's designed to rob people, of course, of the manifestation of their faith, that promise. Because they will be left behind. Because they don't believe there's a rapture. They're, people are getting ready to go through the tribulation. I'm not talking about the pre-tribulation birth pains we're going to go through that but i'm talking about the, the tribulation the seven-year tribulation the christians believe in they're going to go through that there's eschatology that's bad doctrine i would call it false doctrine that's being propagated all and it's nothing new again under the sun it was even happening in the times of paul that's why he had to write to the thessalonians saying that hey if any man or any letter has been circulated telling you that the day of the lord has come uh, 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 no 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 that's that's false doctrine the day of the lord has not come the day of the lord will not come until these 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 things happen and there was people circulating letters that they missed the rapture the day of the lord had come circulating letters in the church circulating false doctrine preaching and and, and people and the thessalonian church was desperate hopeless and they were in fear they were troubled because of this evil word that had come to them amen so hope hope is where we start but then that's what happens step one you have God's word for what you desire to receive from God but then secondly you must believe God's word 
Say this after me. Once I have God's word, I must believe that word. The third step is consider not the contradictory circumstances. Consider not the contradictory circumstances. Say this after me. I must consider not the contradictory circumstances. Why? Because contradictions will come. As Jesus said to the disciples, get in the boat, get to the other side. On the way, storm breaks out. We're going to die. Did I not tell you that you will get to the other side? Winds will blow against you. Waves will come crashing against you. Contradictory circumstances will rise up against you. And the enemy will come. The enemy of your faith, the adversary, the devil, the opposer, and the poser. Will come because he's always posing that he's the he's victorious. No, he will come to test if you really believe that word. That word that you have received and you chose to believe will be tested. And the testing of your faith, even though it's kind of not fun when you're going through it, the Bible tells us that we should receive it with joy. Because the testing of our faith does what? Produces endurance and character and an inner strength on the inside of you, hallelujah, where you're going to not just go through it, you're going to grow through it. Amen. Come on, say this after me. I'm not going through circumstances. I am growing through circumstances. So when the contrary circumstances come, that word will be challenged. That's when you, Bible tells us to hold fast to the confession of your faith. What does that mean? I am not changing my mind and I'm not changing what I say about it. When the contrary winds blow, I'm not getting, I'm, listen now, I'm not going to get in, get out of the place of heart faith into a place of sense faith and i'm not going to get all in my emotions i'm not going to get all stirred up i'm not going to get all in my soul i'm not going to get all in my head and go oh what's happening i thought god said this was going to happen but now it's the opposite oh no everything's falling apart oh no what am i gonna do what have you done you just listen you just dug dug a hole for yourself you're digging and then the more you keep doing that the deeper you're digging you're on your way and you see a big mountain in front of you what did Jesus say to do speak to the mountain be thou removed be thou cast into the sea he didn't say speak about the mountain oh look at that I got a big mountain in front of me Y'all, I, hey, y'all, I'm going to post it on Facebook. I'm, I'm going to call all my friends. I got such a big, I have mountains. Pray for me. Send me your thoughts and prayers. I got a big mountain. And the more I talk about it, the bigger it's getting. Yes, because now you're glorifying the mountain instead of glorifying God, who is so big, so big. 
That big mountain is not even a pebble. It's not even a grain of sand. God is so big, he would need a microscope to see your big mountain. So it's all perspective. It's all what you see. You, you, you are seeing the mountain, not the promise. So you've got to hold on to that word when that word is challenged. That's the step. Step three, consider not the contrary circumstances. What's step number four? Step number four. Give praise to God for the answer. Give praise to God. Act like it's already done. Faith counts it as done. The moment you have asked, Jesus said, you must believe that you have already received. So don't keep asking and asking. Smith Wigglesworth, a great Pentecostal pioneer, man who raised many, over 20 people from the dead, mighty man of God. They call him the apostle of faith. He said, if you've asked for something 11 times, you've prayed 10 times in unbelief. What does that mean? You ask once and you believe that you have received it. What do you do after that? You just keep praising God. You just keep thanking God that it's already done. Whether you see it manifested or not, you must count it as done. You got to see it in your spirit. You can't just see it with your eyes. Well, I'm waiting to see it with my own eyes. I want to touch him. Now you're like Thomas. That's sense faith. They told him, we've seen the Lord. He's risen. He wasn't there. He said, I don't believe it. I got to see him. I got to touch him. I got to see the scars. I want to touch the, his side. Do you also want to lick him and smell him? I mean, you know, might as well get all five senses involved if you really want to reinforce what, you know, not enough to touch and see. Why don't you go ahead and smell and lick as well? No, he was in sense realm. He was operating out of sense faith. I don't, I want, I don't believe it. Eight days later when Jesus showed up again and Thomas was finally able to see him, he went and said, touched him. And then Jesus said, okay, go ahead, touch me. He knew where he was at. Touch me. See my side, see my scars, touch me, see them. Do you believe now? Thomas goes, yes, I believe, I believe. He says, no, 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 no. Why did you doubt? Blessed are those who have not seen but yet believe. See, you should have believed when you heard you should have believed when you heard. They told you I was, I was risen from the dead. They told you. You should have believed the word you heard. You didn't. And you lost eight days on what could have happened in your life. Some people, they've lost eight years. Some people, they've lost everything because they just wouldn't believe. They're, they're waiting to see. They're waiting to touch. They're, they're all in the senses. They're all in the senses. You can't live in the sense realm. So the Thomas kind of faith, of course, I know Thomas, you know, he gets a, a bad, you know, rep for all of that. But we know that eventually he did get saved. He was there on the day of Pentecost. He got baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. And church history tells us he was the apostle that went to India. Had a lot of chicken curry and led all the Indians to the Lord. You know. 
he went to India. And he really was very powerful and instrumental in India. So he did turn things around. Amen. Come on, say this after me. I got to give praise to God for the answer. Faith counts it as done. So you ask once, you believe you received it. What do you do after that? You just keep thanking God that it's done. You just keep praising him. Thank you, Lord. It's done. Hallelujah. I have it. I believe it. Hallelujah. It's just a matter of time. It's going to manifest. I know. But I just know that I have it already. So I don't even have to worry about it. And you know what you got to do? You got to thank him so much that when it actually finally manifests, you've all, almost already ran out of thanksgiving. It's almost like a, oh, okay. It's not a shocker. It's like, it's, you know, because a lot of people are waiting. Listen, a lot of people are waiting for the manifestation so they can go berserk. Ah, I'm going to run around. I'm gonna, when it happens, I'm going to run around the building. Why don't you run around the building now? So when it does happen, you're just sitting down. Why are you waiting till it manifests to run around the building? Run around the building. Oh, you know what? When it happens, I'm going to give $1,000. Why don't you give $1,000 now? Why are you always putting off the manifestation? Amen. So we do an exercise around here at the river. Some of you haven't yet participated in this exercise. So it's going to be my great pleasure to let you in on our big secret and get you involved in our big spiritual exercise. So that you can be spiritually fit. you got to exercise to have your faith muscles developed and spiritually fit. So here's the exercise. You ready for this? All right. Now wait till I tell you to exactly do it. But here's it. Here's the exercise. I'm going to ask a question and then we're going to respond. All right. Don't respond yet. Wait. So how would you react if everything you had been believing God for and hoping for came to pass right now <laughs> praise is the declaration of victory see that's why God had them praise first then the walls came down march around seven times and shout then the walls come down see people are waiting for the walls to come down so they can shout no 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 you shout and the walls will come down you shout and the walls will come down you praise him and the victory will ma manifest. You thank him. Whatever you thank him for is what's going to manifest. Whatever you're complaining about is, is what you're going to be bound by. Right, if you always complain about your job, you're going to be there probably till Jesus comes. You're complaining about this, complaining about that. Complainers never give. And givers never complain. And you got to give them praise. You can't do both at the same time. You can't complain and praise at the same time. You can't have blessing and cursing come out of the same mouth. You can't have salt water and sweet water come out of the same source. You're either blessing or you're cursing. So don't stop cursing your own life by complaining and whining and talking about how big your mountain is and how hard it is and how difficult it is and all of this stuff. Take your hand, move it as far away from your face as possible, minister to yourself, amen, give yourself the fivefold ministry, slap yourself up the side of the head, wake up and stand up and begin to praise up and begin to shout and begin to decree and declare that God is with you, 
It is done. Hallelujah. The victory is yours. Glory to God. And stop feeling sorry for yourself. Stop having a pity party and inviting all the demons in town. They're going to show up with a big, big keg and their weed and their dope and their meth. And your life is going to be a big mess. Have a praise party. Invite the angels of the Lord. Hallelujah. Invite the angelic host into your life. Angels respond to praise. They hearken unto the voice of the Lord. When you begin to speak God's word, you become a magnet for blessing. You become a magnet for divine intervention. You become a magnet for angelic intervention. God will give a command to his angels. He'll give them a charge, hallelujah, to watch over you. And because they are ministering spirits sent on behalf on those who've inherited salvation, God's angelic host will encamp about you to protect you. The Holy Ghost is going to be a wall of fire about you. Blessings are going to come upon you and overtake you. Hallelujah. 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 And let me tell you right now, it is impossible for you to give God thanks and praise Him and be depressed. Because when you begin to praise Him, see, instead of putting on that garment of heaviness, that spirit of heaviness, you're going to end up putting on a garment of praise. You, you, see, depression can't oppress you and be on you when you're doing this, when you're doing this. Demons can't land on you when you're doing this. Spirit of heaviness can't land on you when you're doing this. When you're going, hallelujah. And you start dancing like there is no tomorrow. I don't care. I'm white. I can't dance. Yeah, you can. Get up on your feet and do your little white boy dance. But do something. Hallelujah. You're living in the realm of sense faith and you're always depressed. You get into spirit faith. You start praising. You start giving God thanks. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then you'll be walking and leaping and praising God. Walking and leaping and praising God. Amazing. Joy breaks out when you start praising. Joy breaks out when you give a shout to the Lord. Something happens when you release that shout from your spirit. Bible doesn't say, you know, Jesus is going to sneak in with the whisper of the archangel. Shout of the archangel. And there will be a trumpet sound. That's the sound of victory. That's the sound of overcoming saints. So you better have, you better have a trumpet. Turn your voice into a trumpet. Turn your voice into a declaration. Hey, Rabama Kasata. You know, do something. If you want to go where you've never been before, you're going to do something. You have to do something you've never done before. People are sitting around waiting. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? The Lord's waiting on you. He's waiting for you to get your dancing on, praising on, shouting on. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And you know what? This kind of attitude rattles religion. Because religion is dry bones. 
It's going to make religious people, if, listen, if you're not making religious people nervous, you're not in faith. You better be making religious people really nervous. What are they going to call you? Radical. Cra crazy. Have you lost your mind? Yes, I have lost my mind. I'm not living in my mind anymore. I'm living out of the overflow coming from my belly. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. This is what overcomes the world, our faith. Hallelujah. By faith. And read that chapter. The chapter of the Hall of Fame of Faith. Chapter 11. The things people overcame. By faith. By faith. By faith. By faith. By faith. By faith. How are you going to overcome? By faith. Pastor, all this stuff I'm hearing, what do I do? Same thing you've been doing, by faith. Stay in faith, stay in faith, stay in faith. Amen. Thank you for tuning into my podcast. I hope that you have been blessed. I would like for you to consider two things. Number one, subscribe to our show to receive notifications of our new podcasts. Number two, support our ministry of reaching the nations with revival by clicking on the link in the description or visiting our website, riverwpb.com. Thank you for tuning in. Look forward to you joining our next podcast. God bless you.